Following the divisional round, I'm ready for some some conference title games here. I, it's time. It's time. And we've got, uh, you know, about 48 hours or so until, what's today, Thursday? Okay, maybe a little bit more than that. But 72 hours until Sunday where our man Ed Werder will be on the ground covering, I'm going to guess, the NFC game between the Niners and the Eagles. Am I right, Mr. Werder from ESPN? Yep. I guess, not. I guess not. We'll find out. We'll get. We'll Crickets. try to get Ed back on the other side. Crickets. Like, no, no, you're you're yeah. wrong. You're wrong. But I mean, I know Ed was in San Francisco to see the Cowboys and the Niners, and I mean that was a great game. I mean, you're talking about two of the top defenses in the NFL going head to head. I think the same applies for the Niners and the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know, I, I wonder, Coco, the bigger storyline heading into that game is it Jalen Hurts and his shoulder? Or is it Brock Purdy and his inexperience? Uh, I'm not in the shoulder or Purdy and the inexperience. What do you think? I'm not even worried about the whole inexperience factor with Brock Purdy. To me, he's shown me enough in the games that he's played, especially in the big games that he's played, that that shouldn't even be considered a factor. Because you know why? They have a coach that draws up a game plan where he doesn't need to be exposed to that. You might be right. Let's ask what Ed Werder thinks about that um, situation. Ed, are you there? I am finally here. There Sorry about it's that. All right. All right. It's all right, buddy. It's yeah. snowing over here. It could be our yeah. signal that is cut. <laughs> I so. doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever so we don't Ed, use my wife's phone for whatever reason, we're on the same plan. We have the same phone, but hers works better than mine. Dude, does it work? Get you a good phone? Like, come yeah, on, man. You're Ed Werder, man. Is, You're all over the place. Is. I buy my own phone. I don't want my company to have any control over my phone, if you know what I mean. It's a good point. Very, it's a good point. Right. Yes. Yeah, if my, if my company saw what Carlo and I text each other. I think we'd be <laughs> what are you doing, man? What are you getting to check our phones yet? Oh, no, please, don't, please, don't, please don't check our phone, Bell Media. Please don't check our phone. All right, Ed, Brock Purdy, are you officially a believer? If maybe you weren't before, you might be now following he and the Niners win over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, a game I know you were there for. What did you make of Purdy's mm-hmm. performance then, and what are you expecting from him against the Eagles? Yeah, that's the that's first time I've seen Brock Purdy live. Uh, really impressed. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, put a lot of pressure on him. They're a great defense. Uh, they've led the NFL in takeaways the last two years. They get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, there were a lot of plays in the game that he had to make where – you know, the game kind of hung in the balance in that 91-yard drive, a couple third-down throws into coverage. I thought he managed the game really well, and I thought Kyle Shanahan managed him really well. I mean, if you if you look at the fact that, you know, Purdy's a third-string quarterback, the last pick in the draft, he's 7-0. and He's not been intercepted in the postseason throwing 59 passes. That's the longest a rookie's gone in the playoffs since Norm Van Brocklin in 1949. And that record was 14. So, you know, that's the degree to which he's protected the football. He's got a really good team around him on both sides of the ball. And I think Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan, the defensive coordinator, make great use of that. And he seems to accept that as long as I don't make big mistakes, we're going to have a chance in every game that we play. I think the Eagles matchup is interesting because they're all about rushing the passer. 
and they've been vulnerable at times to the run game, and the 49ers can run the football and will run the football. Even when they're not doing it well, they'll run the football. So I think that's got to be the concern for the Eagles is can they stop the run, or can Kyle Shanahan kind of duplicate? Remember the Washington game plan where they ran it 49 times and became the first team to beat the Eagles this year? I mean, the 49ers could take that kind of approach. It kind of feels like it was a game that Dallas let get away from them. I mean, you go back to the first half, it was on consecutive plays. They lose um, the running back. I'm, I'm Tony drawing Pollard a, went down. Tony yeah. Pollard, and the next play, Dak throws an interception, and instead of going in into the, the half zone. with the lead, in the red zone, next thing you know, they kick a late last-second field goal, and San Fran goes into the lead. And obviously Dak throws another interception in that game, and there were two pivotal plays in that game that you could say cost the, the Cowboys. And the thing that surprised me the most, Ed, is the savage move by the Dallas Cowboys' own Twitter account, where they basically called out Dak Prescott on his own, saying he gave the way gave away the ball twice in a narrow loss in a matchup against the Cowboys with self-inflicted wounds. Like, has da- is Dallas starting to turn the page on Dak as well, too, right now? No, and I, I mean, I, I didn't read that the same way a lot of people did, like a lot of former players and so forth who are analysts now were aghast that the Cowboys would seemingly call out their own quarterback. But I didn't really find it all that jarring. I mean, it's pretty much what Dak Prescott said after the game. He took, he was at fault. It was his responsibility, 100% on him. He was right. They printed that. And I didn't see a problem with it. And I don't think it indicates anything about the relationship between the organization and the and the player. I mean, He's got an enormous cap hit. I think they're still committed to Dak Prescott. I'm wondering, as we see Mike McCarthy, you know, who's been reassured that he's going to remain the coach of the Cowboys uh, by Jerry Jones, uh, with all these staff changes that are taking place right now, and some of them are McCarthy guys, are these coaching changes being initiated by McCarthy or forced on McCarthy as punishment by Jerry Jones? Because he sometimes has taken that route. I'll keep you but here are the changes I want you to accept. Uh, and, and ultimately, I think the big question, you know, I think they're committed to Dak. I expect McCarthy to remain the head coach, but what about Kellen Moore? Why are all these changes on offense taking place while the offensive coordinator's out interviewing for the Carolina Panthers job? Right. Does this mean that if he doesn't get that job, that they're going to move on from him as offensive coordinator? I mean, they've been in this offense since they hired Jason Garrett in 2007. When they hired McCarthy to be the head coach, remember – he didn't want to change the system, or he wasn't going to be allowed to change the system. So he learned a new system so that everybody else didn't have to learn a new system. But maybe now, after what we've seen the last two years, maybe even Dak is willing to embrace the idea of trying something different. Ed Werder is our guest from ESPN. Shifting over to the AFC title game, the big question heading into the week was Patrick Mahomes and... How is his ankle going to look? Well, Ed, he's a full participant at practice. Doesn't look like there's any limp at all. My question for you is, what's going on in Kansas We're City being played like staff? fools, buddy. We're like, being what? played like miracle, fools. Miracle cures. Is, is there some kind of, of miracle best. at hand, or is there yeah, he's one of a little the best bit more? trainers in all of football, <laughs> and he has come up with a miracle cure for high ankle sprains that he can turn you around in a single week. It's just the most amazing thing you've ever seen. So I, I'm judging by your tone there. You're a little skeptical that Mahomes is actually as good as he looks. Like, is there something more to this than we can read from the outside? Well, we don't know. I mean, reporters only get to see so much of practice, so we don't know what he, what everybody really did, and we don't know how, how hard he pushed it. 
He, he Both his ankles look to be heavily taped. Uh, I thought he looked like he got down from the platform after his press conference a little carefully when he put down his right ankle. And it's to me, it's more than just can he get outside the pocket. I mean, he's thrown more balls from outside the pocket this year than any quarterback in the league, and he threw none after he suffered the injury the other day and, and finished the game after two possessions by Chad Henney. Um, it's more than that to me. It's, it's can he drive off that plant foot and deliver the ball? Um, not just play off platform, not just escape the pocket and extend plays, which he's, he's the best in football at, but can he do all the other things? Can he do the simple thing? Can he sit in the pocket and drive the ball accurately? I think that remains to be seen, and I think the, the Bengals will put that to the test early in the game. Yeah, I think we're all being played like fools, man. I What I saw yesterday, I didn't even know what ankle was is bothering him. He looked perfectly fine. He's doing one-legged jumps. He's doing crossovers. He's doing high knees. He's jogging. I mean, you can't do that with a high ankle sprain. So, hey, all the power to him. If he can play, we're, we'll be just be in for a better treat with that game. But, you know, obviously the Cincinnati Bengals deserve their flowers. They're one of the hottest teams in the league coming into this game. They put on a clinic against the Buffalo Bills, and rightfully so. They were the better team in, in that game. But, Ed, my question is going to be uh, about the Buffalo Bills. This is a team right now, three years in a row, when they had to win a big game. Their defensive-minded coach in Sean McDermott has not been able to come up with a game plan to stop anybody. Do you think we're staring at an offseason here where Buffalo has to do some more evaluation of what they really have and make some tough decisions? Well, I think you know Buffalo was again hurt by their inability to rush the passer, and we expected that might there might be a significant drop off when Von Miller got hurt. They were able to overcome it for a time, but then when they played the better teams and the better quarterbacks, it became an apparent weakness that was exploited by those teams. I also think that they missed Brian Dable. You know, uh, left the team as the offensive coordinator. Obviously, turned around Daniel Jones and the Giants this year, made them play a playoff team. Um, I just didn't think that offensively they've had the structure and the play sequencing when they're when they're calling the game. Uh, I thought there was way too much freelancing and too many mistakes by, you know, the quarterback. Everybody's, you know, decrying Dak Prescott for all the turnovers he had. Well, Josh Allen was committed even more than Dak did. He didn't he didn't throw more interceptions, but he had more fumbles and overall turnovers and and I think that puts the defense in jeopardy, you know, when you're playing on short fields all the time. If, you, if you're not a great defensive team and you're playing on short fields all the time, you're going to get exploited and people are going to score a lot of points against you. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think Buffalo is in a good place overall because we know they have the quarterback and we know that they have great weapons. And I think the pass protection has to be better. And I think Josh Allen uh, has to be reined in. And I think he has to be more cautious with the football and, and value it in a way that he hasn't this year. Ed, do you think Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Green Bay Packers next season? I don't. I mean, I don't know. It kind of looks for the first time like it's going in a different direction, and that he's open, you know, to playing somewhere else. He said this time last year that if he play that he wanted to finish his career in Green Bay, and now he's not saying that anymore. Now he's saying, "I don't know what I'm doing," mm-hmm. and so anything at this point is just conjecture because I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he sounds way more open to finishing his career somewhere else, whether he decides that's what he wants or Green Bay decides they want to move on. He indicated there'll be no hard feelings from him about that, uh, which I think is a major turn uh, in terms of, you know, how posturing as far as how he looks 
at the end of his career here. And it's interesting that the Packers are interested only in wanting to trade him outside the conference, which is what they did with Brett Favre. You know, they picked like the worst team for Favre and traded him there so that he couldn't hurt them. Like, and he almost did. You know, he went to great, he went to the Jets and started eight and three and then got hurt. Um, and then things fell apart there. But obviously, uh, you know, the Jets would be a seemingly good match for them, for, for Rodgers. They have some offensive talent. They're a really good defensive team. Uh, so they have some pieces and are, and might just be a quarterback like him away. But, you know, he had a really bad season. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who's willing to pay right. what it costs for Rodgers and what is, what is Green Bay going to extract in, tra- in any trade for Aaron Rodgers because they're going to have to justify him playing somewhere else and a big cap hit, you know, in terms of dead money on their cap for him not being there. You, they got to get something of value for you know, one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise. Oh, you got to love the NFL. Even when the players aren't playing, they're still making the yep. news about what's, you know, where they're going to play, what teams are going to look like. Like, I don't understand Rodgers or Brady's mentality if they are returning next year on a new team, why they would even touch going to the AFC with all those quarterbacks that are there. Clearly, the NFC looks like the place to be with how wide open it is. So I guess that'll sure. remain to be seen. But, Ed, we can't let you go without getting your expert opinion with your picks. It just seems like the the with the final four teams, it's very public. A lot of people love the 49ers and love the Bengals to meet in the Super Bowl. We want Ed Werder's pick because those are the ones we value. Who do you got in these games? Well, I'm gonna, as, as impressed as I was with the 49ers last weekend, they're the hottest team in football. What do they want, 12 in a row? Uh, I like the Eagles. I, I, I think the Eagles have more ways to win. I think them being at home uh, is an ominous challenge for anybody, and Hurts seems relatively healthy. So I'm going to take the Eagles in the NFC. And even though Joe Burrow has been the Chiefs' killer, he's 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes, uh, I'm going to go ahead and what, – what are the Chiefs there? 18-2 and the last two years against everyone else in the, in the league and 0-3 and against the Bengals. I'm going to stay with the Chiefs, even though Mahomes, to me, is not going to be completely healthy in this game. I'm going to take the two home teams. All right. Wow. Right there, Edward. Edwards. All right. Eagles and the Chiefs. I'm kind of leaning Niners Chiefs now, but I reserve the right to change my opinion. We've seen right that Super Bowl already kick, not kick, so kick long up. ago. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Rematch. That is very true. Could be a Revenge. Rematch. Revenge. Uh, Ed, thank you for doing this. The next time we catch up with you, next Thursday, we'll have a Super Bowl matchup, and we'll be teeing that up for sure. Thank you, Ed. Have yourself a great day. Sounds great, guys. Have a great day, and let's look forward to these conference championships game. Best weekend of the NFL season. Can't wait, buddy. Can't wait. It's going to be just a delightful Sunday. Uh, Ed Werder from ESPN. Wake up, Woodbridge. Coming your way in about 15 minutes' time. We can get into what the Leafs need to focus on Ahead of the trade deadline, I understand it's about six weeks away. Timothy Lilligren, I mean, he's had quite the performance in the last month or so. Is he a legitimate top four defenseman, Coco? Uh, I he's he's making a case for it. But you you mentioned trade, and I got all excited because guess what, AK? We saw a trade yesterday in the NHL. Oh my it's God! Blockbuster. Blockbuster <laughs> Pop those bottles! Trade. Pop yeah, those bottles! <laughs> we saw a trade. <laughs> yeah, it was a very a very exciting one between oh Colorado. Oh my God! And Ryan Merkley. On yes. The way to Colorado. <laughs> Matt Nieto going back to Colorado. Yeah. Crazy. Matt Nieto back to Colorado. Very exciting stuff. Uh, also, our waste management keyword on the other side. I'm going to let you know it's coming up in the next yes. 15 minutes. 
You're listening to First Stop with Wake Up Woodbridge in about 15 minutes. Get ready to call in.